Hello, Lauren Hill here, career coach for creatives. Today, we are going to talk about a three-step process to find more clarity for your own creative career. This process uses insight and clues from role models or brand ambitions to create a roadmap to figure out what industries, positions, or businesses would be best fit for you. So have you ever come across a person or business that captivates you to your core? You feel enchanted by what they stand for, their aesthetic, the way they share and show up in service. You feel this intrinsic connection, almost like you can recognize parts of yourself in them or parts of who you aspire to be. Well, there's something special about these individuals or companies that resonates with you for a reason. And taking the time to understand why can be hugely beneficial for getting clarity on what you desire for your own life and career. So step one is discovery. Here you are going to research types of aspirational businesses, careers, or individuals that resonate with your skills, passions, and preferences. You can do an online search through Google, Instagram, LinkedIn, and type in keywords that you're passionate about or skilled in, and the word job, career, business, etc. See what comes up and take notes on anything that really lights you up inside or even makes you feel a little jealous or envious. Step two, listing out your top fives. List out top fives in the following three categories, business or brand, for example, Amazon, Goop, Crayola, Saatchi Art, or Anthropology. List out the top five businesses or brands that really stood out to you during your research. Next is list out the top five careers or roles. For example, marketing director, painter, author, podcast host, interior designer. A tip if you're in the corporate world, use job posting sites and read through job descriptions if you want to learn more about what other type of positions are available. Next, a tip if you're in the corporate world, use job posting sites and read through job descriptions if you want to learn more about what other type of positions are available. Next would be your top five individuals or owners. For example, Brene Brown, Beyonce, Yayo Kusama, head of marketing at Starbucks, whoever that name is, graphic designer for X company, someone specifically who has the career or role that you're interested in. All right, on to step three, our final step to get more clarity on your creative career. Step number three is making connections. While you are doing this research, read through the about page of the company or individual and find books, interviews, or podcasts for inspiration. Really take time to understand how they got from where they were to where they are now. You can also take it one step further and connect with them on social media, LinkedIn, by email, or contact them by phone. Expand ideas of what is professionally possible for you. When you allow yourself to see your dreams manifested in others, it's easier for you to imagine them manifested in yourself. So there you have it. I hope you've enjoyed learning these three easy steps to create more clarity in your own creative career. And obviously, there's a lot more that goes into making these career dreams a reality, and that's why I offer one-on-one coaching. My three-month program is where you get full access to me one-on-one in a supportive space to get you out of that stuckness and into clarity, confidence, and direction 
so that you can make money doing work that you love and find that inner peace and fulfillment. I've included a link with my information on my one-on-one coaching. Links to contact me are in the show notes, or you can go straight to www.curatedsplash.com to learn more. That's www.curatedsplash.com. Talk soon. I think first off, it's just important for artists to like think of themselves as they really are. Every artist is an entrepreneur. You are creating your own product, you're doing your own marketing, you're doing your own sales, your own logistics. And in entrepreneurship, the best way to be successful is to pick one or two of those things to really focus on. And then whatever your core competency is, and then figure out the easiest way to achieve the other things. And so for a long time, that's been getting into a gallery, you get into a top name gallery and everything else is taken care of. But I think that like all the stuff we were just talking about, that's starting to shift. And, and like I said, more galleries are closing each year than are what are opening. And the artists that I'm seeing that are really, really successful, they're the ones that are just building an online brand in addition to creating art, creating content that folks can engage with. This is Art Is, a podcast for artists, where we brainstorm the future of the art world and the creative industries. So my name is Michael Fashionello. I am the founder and CEO of Altamira. I'd actually love to hear a little bit more about the Altamira team. Could you bring us into that community and, and that world? Yeah, for sure. So I already mentioned uh, my co-founder, John Guile. He is our CTO. Him and I worked together at Click Studios for eight years, something like that. And he was the CTO there as well. He's just an absolutely amazing technologist, can build amazing quality technology products and do it really, really quickly. And then we also have a part-time writer named John Crowler. He is responsible for writing a lot of the critiques on Altamira that aren't being written by other critics. He also handles our newsletter and things like that and keeps the engine running in a consistent basis. But yeah, so right now we're a really, really small team, but certainly we'll, we'll be adding folks as we continue to grow. Probably more technologists, more developers, engineers, also designers, content creators, marketers, things like that. And how have you found the kind of team tactics between navigating a more creative side and a more technical side, working with designers or working with engineers? Yeah, it's interesting. And I have a lot of experience doing this, working at the design studio, Click Studios, where most of the designers on that team have BFAs or, or MFAs. They're just a lot more creative. And then there's obviously the engineers. And for engineers, they really like things to be discreetly written down and sort of dictated. Here's exactly what this thing needs to do. And then they will go and execute it in the best way possible or, or just tell them the exact problem that needs to be solved and what the exact outcome needs to be. Whereas with creatives, whether that's writers or designers, I've found that they just prefer to have a lot more freedom and do a lot better work when they're empowered to create something from scratch. They don't want to be told what to do. They kind of just want to be given a frame up of, of what they're trying to achieve and then be given the liberty to sort of create something with the soul, to create something interesting that is discovered in some ways where, of course, they'll do planning and have their own processes and they all do. But generally, the work turns out the best. 
when you aren't as prescriptive. And that's an approach we've taken with John Crowther, our writer. He has 100% creative freedom. We talk all the time and sort of give ideas around here's kind of what we're going for or whatever. But when he's writing critiques, he gets to pick whichever works he's interested in, whatever he wants to write about them. And the same for anything else he's writing. He occasionally, he's come to me and been like, after he published, was that okay to write? And that's, I think, some of the more interesting works that he has written. So yeah, I think that's kind of the the dichotomy between engineers and creatives. And certainly it's not 100% the case across the board. I've worked with designers who like to have things more outlined and prescriptive. And I've worked with engineers who are like, just tell me the problem and get out of my way. But that's uh, really good advice, especially for someone who maybe is thinking about outsourcing some projects or hiring someone to work with them. That's something we never really discuss as artists or in art school context. So it's, um, yeah. it's really cool to be able to hear your feedback on that. Yeah. And I will say when it comes to outsourcing, I have a fair bit of experience with that as well. Generally, you have to be a lot more prescriptive the further somebody is away from what you're doing. So unless that person really integrates and becomes a part of the team, you kind of do need to give them exactly what needs to get done and hold their hand a lot more. Whereas the more tightly they're integrated and the more you sort of share a brain, the more you can give them the creative freedom and liberty to, to do what they do. That's really interesting. To shift focus a little bit, I would love to hear your thoughts on NFTs in general and how you're thinking about integrating NFTs into Altamira, you know, in the near future or like your experience working on this mission-driven project that had an NFT component to it. Yeah, it's been really interesting watching NFTs over the last couple of years. Obviously, they sort of skyrocketed forever. And then even when other parts of the market started going down, NFTs continued going up or holding value. And I think that started to reverse. In general, I think NFTs are really interesting and have a great application. I think for us, as we think about NFTs in relation to Altamira, we just want to be really thoughtful in how we include them. We think they should serve a purpose. And we're really trying to think about what will NFTs and art look like in five years or 10 years and build to that and sort of help bring NFTs to that as opposed to looking backward and saying, here's been the money grab or the land grab over the last two years in NFTs. I'm not saying every NFT was just a, a money grab, but I think there will be a handful of artists who did really well over a two-year period in NFTs, and it'll be really deleterious to their brand and, and their sort of value going forward. But with that said, we really think NFTs are more interesting when they have some component or a broofer can serve as a bridge to the physical world, to physical art. We're really interested in some iteration of this and, and likely the first release of NFTs on Altamira will be as something similar to what we did with Jason, where you can buy the physical piece of art and have a corresponding NFT come with it, where it's both the certificate of authenticity, but also just a pure standalone NFT that is a representation of the, the physical work. And so if it gets into the metaverse or whatever, you can have your painting hanging over your couch 
in the real world and have that same one in your metaverse living room. And so that's just the base case or base layer for us. I think that there's some other things that we're really interested in as far as sort of fusing the digital world, the physical world, and how can NFTs play a role as that bridge, whether it's through VR or what have you. I think that physical art augmented by NFT art could be really interesting and a really interesting way for an artist to continue deriving value from one piece of work that they create. They can always release updates as NFTs that interact with that physical piece in a digital way. Really interesting. So do you mean that if there were to be like a physical work of art, say like a sculpture or a painting, there would be a corresponding NFT on Altamira? And if you were to buy that piece, you would receive both the physical work and the NFT, but the NFT would just be corresponding to itself, not directly to the physical work. How does that work? Just because I've been really interested in understanding this physical and digital divide with NFTs, yep. and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it's most interesting when it's mixed my message on that last answer. I think there's, on Ultimera, the first base case of how it will work is you buy a physical piece of art, it will come with the NFT, and that serves as the certificate of authenticity. So it's tied directly to that piece. You sell that piece or that work, then that NFT goes along with it as a COA. When we do that, we just want to make sure that it's actually better than having just a physical certificate on the back of the painting or under the sculpture or whatever. But we think that there is benefit in also having the digital piece. I suppose you could sell them separately and I guess you have two pieces of art, but we will allow for artists to also, they make painting and that painting comes with the corresponding NFT. They could also sell in effect digital prints of that painting. So a series of 20 NFTs that go along or correspond with it. And so that's, that's one version of it. And then the second version that I was talking about, which would be a second or third iteration of NFTs for us is that interface or interplay between more virtual reality or augmented reality, where you create a sculpture, you could then sell an NFT that is related to that sculpture, that when you're looking through the Altimere app, it in some way augments that piece. And then you could sell as many of those or as many different versions of that NFT as you wanted. I think it's particularly interesting in the public art space. There's a lot of murals in a lot of cities that are the go-to mural to get your picture in front of when you're visiting. And so for those artists, they get paid the commission, but then if they could additionally release more and more NFTs that are related to it, they could continue basically benefiting from it. And on the flip side, for the person taking a picture in, in front of the iconic thing, you could have it still be iconic, but have it still be unique and interesting because it's in some way augmented or changed. And you can almost think about it as an NFT that is a Snapchat filter, but just related to one specific thing. That's so interesting. Thank you so much for explaining that. I'm so excited to hear about how much crossover there is happening at Altamira between creative and entrepreneurship and also technology and innovation. That's really so cool. And I think it's amazing how much you're thinking about opening up the art market and expanding on positive future visions for the art world. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on the future of the art world and what you're hoping to see more of. As far as what I'm hoping to see more of, I just 
would really like to have more artists in control of their own destiny. I think a lot of artists right now are beholden to the power structure at play. And, and a lot of folks, I guess once you get into the power structure, you don't really care, even though they're taking a large chunk of your, what you're creating and almost in that every other creative industry, creatives are making more of what's due to them than they ever have before. Music industry, musicians are making more, the labels are giving more of that percentage over because the delivery models are different. And so the creatives, the artists are able to sort of demand more. And so that's what I'd like to see. That's also what I think is going to happen. You're seeing artists now who have just a lot more power because realistically, they're the ones who are most important in marketing their work. They're on social media. They're developing a brand, a narrative, a following. And the work is selling not because it's sitting in a gallery. The work is selling because that artist has really created something for themselves. The artist is still, in most cases, not getting compensated in the way that they should. I've talked to an artist who always sells all of his work. He sells them for 20K plus. He's in a gallery that's uh, in multiple locations. And he mentioned he has several hundred thousand followers on Instagram. He mentioned to me that most of the work sells because they'll DM him and he'll direct them to the gallery not because people are walking by or even necessarily the gallery relationships with collectors, but he's somebody who doesn't really care to give any effort to the business side of things. And so is just fine with taking that commission as it stands. But I've also talked to collectors who there's a, a collector, 19 year old who actually <laughs> is spending crazy amounts of money on art that he finds artists on Instagram. He'll reach out to them and he's like, why won't they let me just buy the art directly from them? Why do I have to go to their gallery? And so you start to see that, like that's the current environment, but pretty soon that's just going to shift. And that's what Altamira is trying to do is, is make it so it's really easy for artists to post their work, to collect payments, to handle shipping, and not really have to think about the business side. If you can do Instagram, you can do Altamira and then make it so that that's the place that they would direct people to or not even have to direct people to it because that's where people, collectors are discovering those different artists. That's so interesting. It also makes me think about how Altamira is such a concentrated place for art because nowadays Instagram is so noisy and there's so many ads yeah. and there's so much clickbait on there. And so it's exciting to see such a curated space that is really built for artists to reach more voices and gain following and sell work. So it's it's great to hear that that's what your focus has been. Yeah. In a lot of ways, we think about ourselves as Instagram, but just for art with some specific tools built in like payment processing, shipping, what have you. And that way, the folks who are collectors, which more and more collectors are just using Instagram to source art. They don't have to sift through the bikini models and the breakfast pictures and everything else to discover an artist they like. I'd love to get your thoughts on any advice or tips you have for emerging artists who maybe just graduated this year or are early in their journey and are beginning to navigate the art business divide and also now the art business and tech divide. I think first off, it's just important for artists to like think of themselves as they really are. Every artist is an entrepreneur. You are creating your own product, you're doing your own marketing, you're doing your own sales, your own logistics. And in entrepreneurship, the best way to be successful is 
to pick one or two of those things to really focus on. And then whatever your core competency is, and then figure out the easiest way to achieve the other things. And so for a long time, that's been getting into a gallery, you get into a top name gallery and everything else is taken care of. But I think that like all the stuff we were just talking about, that's starting to shift. And, and like I said, more galleries are closing each year than are what are opening. And the artists that I'm seeing that are really, really successful, they're the ones that are just building an online brand in addition to creating art, creating content that folks can engage with that, like I said, builds that audience. And then I think the tools that we're trying to build should hopefully make the rest of that stuff easy. So just focus on building your product, which is your art, marketing it, which is building your audience and getting out there and then simplifying as many other things as you can, meaning shipping, payment processing, bookkeeping, whatever. I do think it's important that art exists in the real world and, and not just online. So still reinforcing everything you're doing by existing in the real world, doing some of those exhibitions and art fairs, if, if that makes sense for you. But all of this, I'll say, comes with a grain of salt. I am not an artist. I've just witnessed a lot of artists who have done their thing and sort of understand how the market has worked and how I believe it will work in the future. So you kind of have to do what's right for you and what you think is going to make the most sense. But from my perspective, I think that's the right way to do it and, and the right way to be relevant going forward. Something I didn't talk about in the future of the art market. Traditionally, art is derived value because it's in the MoMA or it's in the Gagosian. And those two institutions have a higher correlation to value in, in art than anything else in the world. But it's getting into the right gallery. It's having the right people buy your art. It's a handful of who you're associated with. But more and more, it's it's really based on buzz. And in the same way that the stock market has changed from just like the in-crowd deciding what value is ascribed to companies, sort of the broader consumer market has changed the whole dynamic there. And that's not going to shift back. The more buzz that you can create for yourself as an artist online, the more value you'll create for yourself as well. The URL for Altamira is altamira.art. That is A-L-T-A-M-I-R-A dot A-R-T. And everything is, is there. You can find our link to Instagram, Twitter, all the socials by going there. And probably if you search on any of the social medias, uh, you'll find us as well. And on there, you go to our about page. I've got a link to my calendar. So if anybody actually wants to talk to me, reserve time each week to talk to any artists, any collectors, what have you, whether that's getting your feedback on something we should be doing, answering questions on things that you're unsure of or, or anything else. Just want to make myself available. And, and that's another good way to, to get in touch with me personally. I'm on social media, but more of a, a voyeur than a contributor. So probably not much interest uh, to follow me on Twitter or anything like that. Thank you for listening to Art Is, a podcast for artists. Please leave Art Is, a podcast for artists, a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find us. Also, I would love it if you took a moment to reflect on who in your life might also benefit from listening to this podcast. When you do, please share Art Is, a podcast for artists with them so we can continue to grow the show organically and brainstorm the future of the art world together. You can also support the work I do by subscribing wherever you listen and by donating to the podcast. The link to do so is in the episode description. Okay, that's it for now. Thanks so much and see you next Wednesday.